for your buck. With MyBookie, you're making money before you even place your first bet. You can bet anything, you can bet anytime, and you can bet anywhere. But as long as you're betting with my friends and MyBookie, you're betting with the best. Like the Tower with Craig Way, Jeff Howe, and Snoop Daniel. Hour number one of Light the Tower on the Horn, live, local, and digital on the Horn app and hornfm.com. Jeff Howe, Snoop Daniel. Snoop, thanks for bringing in the show today. Uh, thank you. Did that for a couple of reasons. One, you can imagine when the basketball coach gets fired at Texas, especially <laughs> given the way this has unfolded. Message board moderating at Horns 24-7 has been uh, just same adventure in the last 20-some-odd hours. Been, been a little challenging. I was scared to even talk. I was like, I'll talk about Deuce. <laughs> you know, we'll talk. We'll talk about oh, Chris Beard. Uh, we've, we're also going to talk about uh, you know American Bowl coming up tomorrow. No Mike Roach today. Mike is actually working the National Combine down in San Antonio today. So uh, no Mike this week. We'll we'll get Mike's weekly conversations back up and going. I'll go down week. there and hold the phone up to his mouth while he's doing his thing. Well, that would be hard because I need you behind the glass right oh. now. Oh, yeah. Sitting in that seat <laughs> producing the show. He yes, is sir. the publisher, yeah. curator, otherwise Major Domo of Everything Flex ATX. FLXATX.com at FLXATX on all of your social media platforms. Great job today, Snoop. And great job every day. Snoop is here every day. Unless, unless you've got a high school team in the area playing for a state championship in this time slot, then he'll be there. Otherwise... Snoop will be here. Wimberly this year, deal. LBJ year before, so let's keep it rolling. Uh, so get over to Horns 24-7. We've got plenty of uh, plenty of Chris Beard-related content. And with that said, let's go ahead and get to the Longhorn Notebook. Jeff Howe's Longhorn Notebook. The Longhorn Notebook brought to you by Aaron Bowersock, bowersockteam.com. She's your home loan expert. Let Aaron do for you what she did for Craig and Linda when they made the move to their new house. Very easy lightning fast approval process uh craig always talks about what a great job aaron and her team did so it's aaron bowersock bowersockteam.com she is your home loan expert uh if you hear some rattling i do have a cough drop in my mouth i'm having big time throat issues today with the allergies so i'm apologizing right now so yesterday it came down about two o'clock somewhere around there i uh snoop i was sitting at chick-fil-a with charlotte she was playing on the playscape at chick-fil-a when uh, i felt my phone buzz looked at it and saw the release from uh, the University of Texas, from Chris Del Conte, that the program had parted ways with Chris Beard, that he had notified Chris Beard that he was being terminated, effective immediately. There's a number of different ways we can look at this. Uh, And I know people have their opinions on how this process played out. Chris Beard deserved the right to due process. Was was due process done? Uh, Was this move made in haste? Was it just a court of public opinion putting pressure on Texas? Did Texas do their independent investigation and just didn't hear what they wanted to hear? Uh, As Niner Miner says on the Specs text line, Texas is going to regret this move. That's, That's an opinion that's floating out there, too. But I'll say this. This is just my personal opinion. I found it very hard to see how Texas was going to be able to move forward with Chris Beard as their basketball coach for a couple of reasons. Number one, the situation itself, uh, either either way you slice it, no matter what side of the fence you're on, either way you slice it, it's a bad deal. Either everything that's in that police report is true, which in that case, you shouldn't be coaching at Texas or, or anywhere until you get some things straightened out, number one. Or number two, the fact that uh, as the head basketball coach of Texas, if it went the other way, the fact that you put yourself, you were in a position to let something escalate to that point, which it's in his contract. 
it is in his contract. If you are charged with a felony and he was arrested and the charge is a felony, it's felony family violence, you can be terminated. And my opinion on that is simple. If we can't hold college coaches, basketball coaches who are making $5 million a year, if we can't hold them to a higher standard and expect their behavior to be at a certain level at all times, then then what are we really doing? So this was a tough decision for Texas to make, uh, but you've got that part of it to consider. You've also got the part to consider, let's say you, you are of the mindset that, hey, this needed to let's see if the district attorney decides to follow through and with charges and and wants to pursue this, you know, you can take it to trial and see what happens. And if you did that, who knows how long that process is going to be. And at that point, you're holding the basketball program hostage because in the day and age of the transfer portal and name, image, and likeness and one-time transfer, and oh, by the way, you probably got the NBA about to redo the collective bargaining agreement where you're going to do away with the one-and-done rule. That's what everything I've read, heard, all the speculation is. When the next CBA comes up, they'll do away with that rule or high school kids will be able to jump straight to the NBA once again. But yeah, that's, the, the, that's the thing that's a misconception some people have. The one-and-done rule is not an NCAA thing. It's it's in the NBA collective bargaining agreement. It's a deal between the Players Association and the league. So know you, that. So you got all these things changing uh and even if Chris Beard were to be found innocent or something down the road happens where he was exonerated, you would have done – there's a really good chance that you would have done untold damage to the basketball program at that point. And basically, forget starting from scratch. It's I don't want to sound too drastic and say it's the equivalent of a program coming off the death penalty, but you, you would be in an uncertain situation until that thing is resolved. So there was no easy way that this thing was going to end. Nobody nobody was going to be satisfied. 100% of your constituency was not going to be satisfied regardless of what the outcome was. So just set that off to the side. My reaction yesterday when all this came down, and and honestly, at Horns twenty four seven, we had heard some some rumblings, you know, late Wednesday, early Thursday, that that something might be getting ready to come down. But I mean, you hear, you know, how this Snoop, you hear scuttlebutt and rumors and innuendo all the time, and, and you know, what do you really do with that? You, you take it kind of with a grain of salt at times. But there was some, and and you know, we even mentioned in the Insider yesterday that things looked like they might be getting ready to to have some sort of resolution. Uh, but you don't. You just don't know. You don't know if it's going to be that day or a couple of days later or what. But it was yesterday. Yesterday was the day. In my reaction, Snoop, it was just I'm genuinely sad for everybody involved. Uh, for Chris Beard, that's a man with, with daughters. Uh, that's a man who obviously has some things to work out with his fiance. Uh, I'm sure his ex-wife is going to want some answers. Like, There's so many things to deal with that Chris Beard has to deal with beyond basketball right now. Like take basketball out of the equation. There's so much stuff that Chris Beard has to deal with. Uh sad for he and his fiance that this this situation, whatever it ultimately ends up being, that it's having to play out in public. Uh sad for again Chris Beard's family that they're having to deal with this. Sad for the players at Texas. The you know guys like Marcus Carr and Timmy Allen that could they could they could be playing pro ball overseas right now and, and making a living playing basketball. They put that off for a year because they trusted Chris Beard, trusted the process, trusted the culture, trusted the word of the man they came to Texas to play for and that man is gone. They're going to have to finish out their last season at Texas with Chris Beard watching on the couch and not being a part of the basketball program. Uh, 
I think when you have coaching changes, Snoop, and you have things like this come up, we often think about the head coach, but the people we don't think about, there's the assistant coaches. Now, Rodney Terry and Chris Ogden left head coaching jobs to come join the staff. You know, Bob Donawald has coached in the NBA. He's coached overseas. He's coached professionally. Uh, he could have. He, he has a number of opportunities. Yeah, Coach Bo, uh, Coach Ogden has a son, Bo, who plays at St. Michael's. Yeah, he, you, all these assistant coaches that uprooted their families because they believed in Chris Beard and the direction this thing was going and the opportunity at Texas. Uh, their futures are uncertain. I mentioned the players. Man, support staff, trainers, graduate assistants, analysts, recruiting coordinators, all those people that are on kind of the lower end of the pay scale but that they put their future in Chris Beard's hands, their futures are uncertain. I'm sad for the Texas fans because for the first time in a long time, you could, you were, you could legitimately be excited about the direction of where Texas basketball was going. This team, Snoop, you saw them up close and personal. This team's got the pieces. They got a squad. The pieces are there <laughs> for this team not only to get to Houston in the Final Four, the pieces are there for this team to cut down the nets on a Monday night. That That's the kind of roster that Texas has in place. Think about a guy like Dylan Mitchell. Five-star guy, going to be an NBA draft pick. Could have gone anywhere he wanted. But he came to Texas because of the vision Chris Beard sold. Came to Texas to help guys like Brock Cunningham and Dylan DeSue and Timmy Allen win a championship. Not to say that that can't still happen. But what's the future? What's the immediate future for those guys? What, what are they thinking right now? The players, staff, the support staff, coaching staff, the fans, uh, you know, and, and this is a Texas fan base now that has to feel like their their chance to have a national championship caliber program. The reset button has been hit on that. Nobody knows what the future is going to hold. So it's for a lot of different reasons. It's sad for a lot of people involved, and. That's something that's not going to go away. But hopefully, hopefully, uh, yeah, the team has a game tomorrow. That's Craig is on his way to Stillwater. 10.30 pregame tomorrow here on the Horn. 11 a.m. tip. Texas at Oklahoma State. Thought about this from a couple of different angles, Snoop. You can think about this from the standpoint of if Chris Beard's fired, man, maybe this team finally does just go in the tank. Uh, or what I'm thinking might happen and I'm leaning more towards this. When you just, again, taking the Chris Beard situation out of it, where now we're talking about just strictly the basketball team. You've got enough veteran guys on this team that have played enough basketball. And the the vibe with this team, if you're around them for any amount of time, you get the feeling like these guys genuinely care about each other. They genuinely like being around each other. The camaraderie, the chemistry has been really good. That's why they haven't imploded to this point. There's a chance this could galvanize them. That uh, They're sad that Chris Beard is no longer going to be a part of their basketball futures, but at least they've gotten, I don't want to say closure, but at least there's there's some finality to this. Like, okay, there's no more speculation. Chris Beard is gone. He's been fired. He's not going to be your basketball coach. You're moving forward with Rodney Terry now as the interim head coach, no longer listed as the acting head coach. He's now officially the interim head coach. Maybe this galvanizes them. And we see Texas stay in the Big 12, the race for a Big 12 title all the way through the end of the season. Again, 16 more conference games. Got the conference tournament, the NCAA tournament. And I have every reason to believe this will be a team that's in there. They're in the thing in March with a chance to get to the second weekend for the first time since 2008. But maybe tomorrow 
that can be kind of cathartic for them. That can start the healing processes when they get on the floor. And again, when you're on the road, when you're playing games on the road, more often than not, if you if you got anything about you as a team, you've got that us against the world mentality anyway. So maybe this galvanizes that group and they can move on, they can move forward and for themselves make something positive out of this. Well, they're going to have a chance to prove it. I mean, they have 16 conference games left. I mean, And like we've seen, Snoop, we talked about this after the K-State loss, There's no, there are no easy games in this league. Like, you know, winning on the road is really hard to do, as we did. We saw Texas do it against Oklahoma. And guess what? Oklahoma lost the other night. They lost to a top 25 Iowa State team. That's really good at home. Iowa State, they, they should get credit for that. Uh, Baylor, Baylor's 0-2 in the league. Like, who would have thought that would happen? You know, TCU's 2-0 in the league. They they went to Waco and got themselves a win the other night. So this is a top to bottom. It's the toughest, most competitive league in college basketball. Every night's going to be a tough night. And if you don't have your stuff together upstairs, let alone things together on the court, you could be in for a really rough night. Uh, Let me... Let me take. Uh, give me a breaking news yes. sounder, please. Oh, oh, yeah, oh, oh, we got some football yes, news coming down. Uh, I mentioned that I've heard this uh, from my sources that there was a pretty good chance that this was going to happen. A better than a better than fifty fifty chance. This is where things are leaning. Uh, according to Pete Thamel at ESPN, uh, Texas wide receiver Jordan Whittington plans to. Return to the Longhorns for a fifth year in 2023. He's an honorable mention All-Big 12 selection this season. Uh, 16 career starts, 1,252 total receiving yards, and is considered the top leader on the Texas offense. That's especially true with uh, Roshan Johnson not coming back. So according to Pete Thamel, and we'll see at Horns 24-7 if we can track that down, if we get something a little more official uh, from the school or from Jay Witt himself, uh, Pete Thamel reporting that Jordan Whittington is coming back for the 2023 season. So I like your pregnant pause. I did that on purpose. You like that. <laughs> that, it wasn't very long, but it was enough to affect me. You think the pucker factor was real with some people that were listening just now? <laughs> I did. I, I mean, you stopped talking. I looked up like, oh. I wonder was, how long are you going to keep the silence? And literally the silence was a second. <laughs> yeah. So let's, uh, yeah. So we'll, we'll get to that a little bit later. I do want to finish my, my thoughts on, on the basketball situation. Um, so, again, tomorrow, again, 1030 pregame with Craig and Eddie from Stillwater. Uh, 11 o'clock with the tip, and Craig is on his way to Stillwater right now to get ready to call that game. Uh, so you, we talked about the, the Chris Beard aspect of it, the team aspect. Now what's the next step? We've got to talk about Snoop. Anytime you have a coaching change, what's the next conversation that's going to come to the forefront? Who's going to be the next head coach at Texas? I did the – filled out the – with the help of the Horns 24-7 staff, I didn't do this by myself, um, But my, even though my name's on the byline, did the coaching hot board – Filled that out uh, yesterday and posted that at Horns 24-7. And, and we'll add names. We'll take names off. This thing will be fluid. But there are five names on there. Uh, one of those names, and I, I listed them in alphabetical order, so if you go to the site and you check out the hot board, you say, well, why is so-and-so at the bottom and so-and-so at the top? Candidates are listed in alphabetical order. Uh, Rodney Terry is one of the five. And to your point, Snoop, about 16 conference games left, Rodney Terry has 16 conference games the conference tournament, and the NCAA tournament as basically a de facto job interview. Like, if Rodney Terry takes his team to the Final Four, it's going to be really hard to move on from that, you know? And I I think right now, I, I know this might sound like I'm talking about both sides of my mouth or, you know, sounding hypocritical or whatever. Take it however you want. 
But aside from Chris Beard's situation and the situation that got him so fired, I do feel like the basketball culture at Texas is a good culture. Like I said, I think the relationships between the assistant coaches and the support staff and the players, I think all of that stuff matters. And I think all of that stuff is really good right now. And Rodney Terry is a really big reason why your two five-star signees, A.J. Johnson and Ron Holland, Rodney Terry is a big reason why those two guys are, as of right now, in the boat with Texas. Now, that could change. Those guys definitely have professional opportunities that they could pursue. But at the end of the day, Rodney Terry, your, your lead dog on the recruiting trail, uh, he's going to be involved in every big-time recruitment you've got. He was on Rick Barnes' staff, went to a Final Four, went to a couple of Elite Eights, another Sweet 16, uh, You know, took Fresno State to an NCAA tournament. I know his record at UTEP is not great in uh, three seasons. He was 37-48. and 48, But at the end of the day, Rodney Terry's got a chance to stake his claim that he should be the full-time head coach. He's going to have a chance to do that. The other candidates I mentioned, and again, Specs text line is open, 337-3776. Hey, rolling we'll, in. We'll, we'll, yeah, we'll get to some of those. I, I see some names popping up, uh, and, and we'll get to some of those. But here are the other candidates uh, in alphabetical order. Royale Ivy is a name that we put on the list because he at least got his foot in the door last time with Chris Del Conte. I do think, though, the thing that hurts Royale the most is when you look at Chris Del Conte's other hires, including Chris Beard, whether it's Edric Floreal, Vic Schaefer, Mike White, go down the list. Those coaches had success at Power 5 programs, both Power 5 slash Power 6 programs, before they got to Texas. They had some skins on the wall. With Royale, you would be doing uh, basically the thing Michigan's done with Jawan Howard. You would basically be hiring guys. And by the way, Royale Ivy, Snoop, once this NBA season's in the books, Royale will have more seasons on an NBA bench as an assistant coach than Jawan Howard. He'll have one more than Jawan Howard did. Now, you talk about Jawan Howard's playing career, it was longer than Royale's. But at the end of the day, uh, Royale has plenty, plenty of experience at the NBA level. You know he's going to have the support of LaMarcus Aldridge and Kevin Durant and T.J. Ford, guys that he played with. He, he's coached Kevin Durant at two different spots. So you think about all that with Royale Ivy, he's going to have a lot of support, just I think the lack of power five slash power six head coaching experience, I think is really going to hurt him. Next up is the guy who I think, in my opinion, truth be told, uh, this is the guy I wanted when Texas was getting ready to move on from Shaka Smart. Had things worked out differently, like had Texas not made the NCAA, if, if COVID didn't happen, let's say Texas doesn't make the NCAA tournament in 2020, and Shaka Smart is dismissed at that point, and Texas moves on, my number one candidate at that time over Chris Beard was Eric Musselman at Arkansas. And you look at what Eric Musselman's done in Fayetteville, taking on Arkansas to two Elite Eights, the most, by far, the most success Arkansas has had as a basketball program since the Nolan Richardson era has been under Eric Musselman. Uh, he's won the two stops he's been at in college, went 110 and 34 in four seasons at Nevada. He's 85 and 30 in his fourth season at Arkansas. Again, two Elite Eight appearances with the Razorbacks in 2021 and 2022. Took Nevada to a Sweet 16 in 2018. That was the year in the first round. They beat a Texas team with Mo Bamba on that team uh, that got into the tournament, played a really tough schedule. Uh, Texas was up big at the end of regulation. Nevada ends up winning that game in overtime. Uh, Eric Musselman was the head coach of that team. Here's the interesting thing about Eric Musselman and why I think he is a legitimate candidate for this job. Number one, I think we're going to see at some point the search will 
at least as of right now, the, the the indications I've got, the search is going to trend in a direction where I think Eric Musselman's going to be Chris Del Conte's number one target. At least that those are the early indications that that's what's going to happen. Uh, the search will eventually point to Eric Musselman in some way, shape, or form. That's number one. Number two, and I think the biggest thing, when you look at his contract, his buyout's only $2 million through the end of next season. So the buyout is manageable. So I think one of two things is going to happen with Eric Musselman. Either... He's going to see the pack. And, and everything I've heard, Arkansas fans, if you're listening, everything I've heard from all sides on this deal with Eric Musselman, he is beyond happy with the setup he's got in Fayetteville. Couldn't be happier with, with how things are going on there. You know, he, he had a reputation at Nevada, and he's done this at Arkansas, of building a program through the transfer portal. He's also shown he can recruit at a really high level, sign the number 2 ranked class in the country in 2022, including a couple of guys that Texas would have really loved to have had in Jordan Walsh and Anthony Black are on his roster right now. So Eric Musselman, he can put a roster together. He can recruit at an elite level. He's an offensive genius, and I don't say that willy-nilly. Like Eric Musselman really is one of the top offensive coaches, maybe the top offensive-minded coach in college basketball right now. He'd put a style on the floor that I think is really fun to watch. You've seen how he's re-energized that Arkansas fan base. I think he could do the same at Texas, which from that standpoint, it's going to be really tough to find somebody who – does that part as well as Chris Beard did it. He was a perfect fit for Texas from that standpoint of just being a guy that understood the dynamics, understood the task in front of him, but did a really good job at energizing this fan base, getting Texas fans excited about basketball. But Eric Musselman, uh, the fact that I think he's really high, if not the top guy on Chris Del Conte's list, and the fact that his buyout is more than manageable, either Texas is going to give him a lot to think about and he ends up, being really interested in the job, or he's going to get a really, really nice raise from Arkansas to stay there. If you're looking now, Musselman's 58, a guy that's 10 years younger, staying in the SEC, that I think has a chance that if you're looking for a guy that could be the head coach at Texas for the next 10 to 15 years, Nate Oates at Alabama I think is a really good option, and he's on our coaching hot board. Uh, You talk about a guy being able to thrive at a school where football is king. Uh, He's won an SEC championship at Alabama, a regular season and a tournament championship. He's taking Alabama to the NCAA tournament. Uh, He's got Alabama ranked seventh in the AP poll right now. Two wins over number one ranked teams in the poll this year. They beat North Carolina when Carolina was number one. They beat Houston when U of H was ranked number one. Here's the, the big obstacle with Nate Oates. His buyout. He signed an extension in 2021. The buyout, Snoop, if he leaves after this season, it's almost $10 million. It's, it's, a, little, oh, it's a little north of $9.8 million. But since you fired Chris Beard with cause, even if that thing goes through litigation, if you don't have to pay Chris Beard anything, I, the money's not going to be a problem for Texas. If they decide that Nate Oates is the direction they want to go, they can make that happen. Does Nate Oates, who's got a really good thing going in Alabama, does he want to come to Texas for most likely one season in the Big 12 and then jump right back into the SEC that that for I think for Musselman and for Nate Oates, I think that could be really tricky knowing that your first year, your rebuilding year, your reloading year is going to be your last year in the Big 12, and then you go to a league where you already know the dynamics. That's really interesting. And the fourth candidate, don't laugh. We put Jay Wright, the retired Villanova head coach, on our hot board. Number one, he's a free agent, so you have to include Jay Wright. And number two, I've heard way too much smoke around Jay Wright to think that Texas isn't at the very least through back channels if they haven't already, they will reach out to Jay Wright and at least gauge his interest. At least Because I think, Snoop, you've got a guy with two national championships, and if you're Texas, you've got a lot to sell Jay Wright. Now, here's the thing with Jay Wright that's in, that's interesting to me. He's on, in his entire career. He was $100 million. As a player, an assistant no. coach, 
as a head coach, he's only taken one job outside of the Eastern time zone in his career. He was an assistant under Raleigh Massimino for two years at UNLV. It's the only time that Jay Wright has been outside of the Eastern time zone. But when you talk about Texas, you got a brand-new arena, brand-new practice facility, great recruiting base. You've got NIL advantages at Texas that you didn't have at Villanova, that you won't have at Villanova. Uh, you know, you you've got a chance to come in and, and revive this program, take it to a take it to a different level, a level where Rick Barnes had it at one point, a level Chris Beard was trying to get it to, uh, that it hasn't been since the the heyday of Rick Barnes. So there's a lot I think that intrigues that should intrigue Jay Wright about the Texas job, but does he want to coach? Is the big thing. It is is what Texas can offer financially, in terms of infrastructure, a recruiting base, all that stuff that Texas offers. Is that enough after one year to bring Jay Wright out of retirement? I think Texas is at least going to make that call. If not, CDC or Jay Hartzell themselves, back channels, I, they're going to. I've heard way too much smoke to make me think that they're not going to, at the very least, put out feelers to see if Jay Wright is interested. So there's some candidates. Again, Royal Ivy, Eric Musselman, Nate Oates, Rodney Terry, Jay Wright are the five that, that we've got up at Horns 24 7 right now. Eric Bossy, our national director of recruiting at 24 7 Sports, put up some more candidates that he believes Texas should consider. Tony Bennett's on that list, the head coach of Virginia. There's a couple other candidates on there. Uh, and we'll get into some stuff on the Specs text line as we go on throughout the show. 337 3776. Again, if you're just tuning in, the news that broke uh, was well, about 10 minutes ago. Uh, Pete Thamel of ESPN reporting that Jordan Whittington is coming back for the 2023 season for the Texas Longhorns. That is so huge, and we'll get to that uh, coming up here in just a little bit. But Jay Witt, yeah, I'm like, about, dude, I love Jay Witt, bro. <laughs> <laughs> I do. I, you know, like I, I, I'm legit. I thought last year before he got hurt, I was like Bolitnikov because he was going off. So anyway, not to rhyme. Snoop's holding up just like Alfred Collins being the number one pick. He's holding out for Jordan Whittington <laughs> being, being in the mix for the Blitnikoff. Yeah. Uh, we'll talk about Jordan Whittington's importance to the Texas offense coming up in hour number two. But, Snoop, it's Friday. So what's oh, that mean? Man, we getting so flaccid. Are y'all ready? Placidity will be running, <laughs> we'll be running a Let's month. Let's hold hands. Because we're going, well, you, you can if you want. Ain't nothing wrong with that. but. <laughs> the most flaccid. We're going to the most flaccid state in the lower 48. We're grabbing that low-hanging fruit from the state of Florida on a Friday. And inconceivable here on Light the Tower, on the Horn, live, local, and digital. On the Horn app and at hornfm.com. Hi, I'm Brad with Home... Oh, man, Snoop, I was just checking the Twitter machine. Mm -hmm. Some people, there's a a healthy group of Twitter users that were ball-sacked today. Ball-sacked? Remember we talk about ball-sacked sports, how they always make up those... Fake stories what, that people uh, believe. What story was it? Uh, it wasn't actually ball sex sports. It was in like an XFL meme satire okay. account uh, that tweeted Johnny Manziel was signing with the San Antonio Brahmas of the XFL. Uh, I, that's I guess maybe believable. I mean, he probably needs a check. I don't know. Maybe not. He's probably rich. He's but from it's, uh, <laughs> apparently it's a it's, oh, a, it's, it's, it's a hoax. That's oh, okay, some, that's some fake news. You there. know what? Uh, when I've been going down to the All American Bowl and and the playoff games here recently, they're really pushing Heinz Ward and the and the Brahmas. I might actually go check out a game. Why not? You know what? Hmm. Maybe we'll take a light the tower field trip to an XFL. Yeah. Game. I mean, because we all want more football, right? <laughs> I think Chad Hastings still has his. Uh, I'll ask him when he comes in if I see him. I'll probably see him in the hall in a second. Yeah. Uh, I think Chad still has the mini helmet collection of all the original XFL teams. All right, the Memphis Maniacs uh, was it the Chicago 
Chicago Force, maybe? Or was it Orlando Force? I remember a Force. Yeah, but... Ooh, Chicago yeah. or Orlando was the Force. And like the, the Alamo Dome is, is nice. I know it's it's nice. And I don't know, maybe yeah, it'll the be... New York, New York, New Jersey Hitmen. Maybe I'll get on, on Tinder and, and put the travel thing on. Maybe I'll meet Bay and... <laughs> at, on the river walk. Remember, hey, you remember uh, you remember who played for the Las Vegas Outlaws in the XFL, Snoop? He hate me? Rod Smart. Yes. I still don't know who he is and why he hate Rod Smart, but yes. He took, he's, Rod took he's girl. <laughs> That's why he hate him. It's one of the great mysteries. Like, forget, you know, was, did Lee Harvey Oswald act oh, alone? Geez. Some of the great conspiracies of our time? No. <laughs> A mystery that needs to be solved is who is he and why did he hate Rod Smart? No, you need to say it real ignorant though. Who is he and why why who is he and why he hate <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Why did you turn so many things, Snoop, into a I'm sure is hungry? Who who is who is he and why <laughs> You're like one you're one bad impression from going to I sure is hungry. I sure is hungry. Multiple times a show. He is anyway, you know, you know. Uh oh, okay. Chad, just got a dispatch from Chad, still has what all up, eight. Chad? Chicago was the enforcers. Orlando was the rage. So there, I think there was. I don't think there was a force. Where is the Maybe force? Chicago force was the arena league team. Was some, something is definitely a force. But anyway. well, uh, you know what? I'm going to throw that in a Google machine right now. I know a hot girl named Lauren Force. Anyway. Yeah. And the force be with you. And I'm over Star Wars. And it's like blasphemous, but I don't think there's going to be another Star Wars I'm going to be interested to watch. Uh, I'm an old school guy, and now more into Stranger Things, which was Netflix's most watched show in 2022. I never watched it until this year. Ah, whatever. All right, I can't. I'm not saying whatever to you, Snoop. No, I'm right. saying whatever. Things is good. Whatever. <laughs> I'm saying whatever. My bad. I just I dropped that in. I dropped that in at the wrong time. I'm sorry. No, you good. I was I'm trying like, to see Chicago well, Force, but I'm tired of Google searching that. All right. Uh, we got a couple of, thank you, Chad, by the way, for that information. Got a couple of Florida notes. Uh, you know, Snopes, Snoop, they're the, one of those sites that fact checks things like, oh, is this story real or was it fake? Apparently, the story that we read uh, last week that a Florida man assaulted his wife with their Christmas tree. Yes. That story apparently is true. Checked out, and then that really happened, so that's unfortunate. But. Well, yes. But remember, it was like, it doesn't matter. Whatever kind of tree it was, you're out of here. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but it was apparently the Christmas tree. Uh, I got one from Florida man and one from Florida woman this week. Uh, an Orlando man fleeing Winter Garden uh, police struck an officer with a car and bit another on the leg Tuesday evening after causing thousands of dollars in property damage at a convenience store. This is according to arrest affidavits. Employees of the mobile gas station on Colonial Drive asked authorities uh, to trespass Malik Smith, 27, from the property after he jumped the counter of a 592 Smoke Shop, which is located in the store, where he destroyed display cases and pulled a light fixture out of the ceiling. So that's a little, that's a little yeah. uncalled for. He burned uh, his hand. Yeah, Winter Garden police responded to the store around 7.50 p.m., but Smith had already left, harassing customers on his way out after causing approximately $2,000 worth of damage. Dang. Uh, I guess those, some of those display cases you see in stores, some of those can get pretty pricey because yeah. of the glass. Uh, an officer went over to surveillance video with the store owner. The proprietor saw Smith walking back to the business and identified him. Smith ran from the officers, ignoring verbal commands as he entered his vehicle and sped off from the gas station's fuel island uh, to the other side of the parking lot, according to the affidavit. After a left turn, Smith approached the entrance of the store before stopping, revving his engine and accelerating through the entranceway, police said. Wow. 
Two officers reported stepping out of the vehicle's erratic path as it accelerated in their direction. Smith swerved the vehicle toward one of the officers, striking the officer's arm with a side mirror before speeding off westbound on Colonial Drive. The officer was reportedly taken to a hospital for treatment, but the extent of their injuries were not released. Around 7.59 p.m., an officer en route to an unrelated call reported seeing a man later identified as Smith, quote, on the roof of a vehicle, dancing and pointing at vehicles driving by. At Colonial Drive's intersection with South Dillard Street, the officer attempted to conduct a traffic stop that Smith initially did not comply with. Pulling into a 7-Eleven parking lot and walking into the store as the officer waited outside. Once out of the store, the officer said Smith walked toward his vehicle, ignored his orders to get on the ground, prompting authorities and a canine officer to conduct a coordinated takedown. Smith resisted officers while on the ground, at one point biting the left thigh of the the left thigh area of the reporting officer before the canine was deployed to help apprehend him, the affidavit describes. Still, police said Smith stood from the ground, evading the canine and appearing to resist the effects of the pepper spray as he attempted again to enter his vehicle. So let's just wrap all this up. This dude has been pursued by police twice. He's been, he's warded off pepper spray, warded off a canine attack, hit one cop in the arm with a side mirror, Bit another officer in the thigh area, and he's still on the move. This is all about within a span of 10 to 15 minutes. At the end, though, Snoop, an officer used a taser on Smith, causing him to fall as the canine got a quote-unquote successful bite Uh. to his upper right arm area, police said. Following a brief struggle, still struggling after the taser and the dog bite, mind you, Smith was placed in double-locked handcuffs, taken to a hospital for evaluation of the dog bite, and taken to Orange County Jail, where he was held without bond at the time of this report. Dang. Yeah, fam was out of there. <laughs> he, had a, he had a bad trip, I guess. I don't know. Something. Something. He, <laughs> he went down. He went down. He did not go down without well, a fight. Yeah, well, they, he didn't get shot and killed. I, 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 like, I like that I look up at the text from the text line, and the only text I see is uh, bath salts, fam. That's all I see on the screen. <laughs> I don't know about bath salt. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what that's all about. Uh, stay in Florida, Snoop. Florida woman, because we don't discriminate here on Light the Tower. Mm-hmm. We treat the state of Florida equally. And, and, and by the way, uh, this one, I need you to get the cauldron ready, Snoop. As I tell I'll you, have a bubbling about you. Marilyn Kim Brock. You're the uh, cauldron, a lady. Yes. What does she do? I'm not to tell you. A Santa Rosa County woman has been arrested for child neglect after allegedly leaving her son in unsanitary conditions with no food, according to the Santa Rosa County Sheriff's Office. Marilyn Kim Brock, age 37, was charged with child neglect on January 1st, according to deputies on December 7th, 2021. They responded to a house in Santa Rosa County in reference to a welfare check. Deputies said they received an anonymous complaint about a juvenile living in the, at the address in unsanitary conditions with no food. The complaint said the juvenile also had not attended school in two years. Oh. Okay. Upon arrival, deputies said that they talked with a white male who said Brock was not currently at home. The witness said Brock had not been back for several days and said that, quote, it was a common occurrence for Brock to leave and stay gone for several days, often leaving the state. The witness said the victim had not received a bath in approximately a week. During the investigation, deputies said they learned the residents had no running water and the victim had to defecate outside. Oh, no. 
Deputy spoke with the victim who said Brock would usually leave him at the residence for a few days up to 